from the Orange County Fire Authority. This is the Pass Along Podcast, where we address firefighter issues from top to bottom, from your helmet down to your boots. Now, here's your host, OCFA's Assistant Chief of Organizational Planning, Mike Schrader. All right, well, welcome back to our uh, Pass Along podcast. Uh, this episode will feature part one of a two-part interview with Captain Todd Lockwood, and he'll be sitting down with Assistant Chief of Business Services, uh, Lori Zeller, regarding kind of an update on our budget, and she'll be talking about, uh, in this uh, first part of a two-part series, uh, Budget and Irvine Equity. And then the second part of that will be uh, available to you the following week, and that'll be covering our unfunded pension liability. So with the city of Irvine, they've always talked about financial only. Um, they're very happy with OCFA services. It's never been about service. It's, it's about funding and, and the amount of revenue that flows to OCFA for fire services from the properties within the city of Irvine. So that'll be coming up in a few minutes uh, in an effort to keep the podcast short. And because talking business isn't as exciting as talking fire, we're going to release the second part of that interview, as I mentioned, next Wednesday, so you can look for that. Now for some news and noteworthy topics, I uh, want to offer some congratulations to the recruits of Academy 44, who, as you know, graduated on the 28th. Please join us in congratulating the newest members of the OCFA. Those 24 recruits are uh, cycling out to operations shortly uh, for their assignments. The crews from Fire Station 61 moved into their new temporary station at Walter Knott Elementary School recently. As you recall, back in uh, January, Fire Station 61 burned down, and uh, we were providing coverage uh, through an adjacent uh, Anaheim Fire Station, and now they'll all be back under one roof, um, engine, truck, battalion chief, admin staff, as well as community risk reduction folks. Back under one roof uh, temporarily, and then as you also recall, on May 2nd, we broke ground on the new Fire Station 61. It's not how we might have planned this event, but out of those ashes uh, will rise that phoenix over there. It's kind of a trite way to say it, but it's really true in this case. I mentioned earlier to some folks that that was a home. That wasn't just a public building. It was the home to several firefighters, many of whom are here today. Uh, so it, it was a huge loss to them. They lost personal items. They lost professional items, and yet they didn't miss a beat. And so... What I'd like to do publicly this morning is thank them for their resilience, thank them for their commitment to the community of Buena Park. Now, we can't wait for that station to open in about a year, but uh, for now, we're really excited to uh, get all the crews and staff back together under that one roof. On to John Wayne and the uh, contract renewal. As uh, some of you are aware, in this last uh, executive board meeting, we approved, the board approved the uh, five-year uh, contract renewal, and now that'll go to the Orange County Board of Supervisors for final approval. I don't have a date on that yet, but it'll be pending, so look out for that in the future. Speaking of John Wayne, I uh, just uh, wanted to uh, congratulate all the uh, operations members who responded to the Friday, June 30th plane crash on the 405 near John Wayne Airport. Um, it just did an outstanding job considering uh, all the elements that were in play there uh, with the freeway and the airport. Uh, you know, obviously you have a fire element, you have a rescue element, and uh, just also returning both the freeway and John Wayne Airport after uh, mitigating the emergency uh, rapidly uh, just showed the professionalism and uh, just made this agency look good, and that, uh, that went to the national media. So, again, just want to say thanks to all those who responded and conducted themselves in such a professional way to provide care for our folks and uh, keep our county safe. 
Let's talk about tractor-drawn aerials. Uh, we have uh, two of them already in service of the four that we of our first purchase, and uh, next will be truck 64. We're hoping for that to be at the end of uh, July um, or into early August, and then truck 61 will be following soon after that. I also want to talk about uh, the uh, fire down at uh, Camp Pendleton. As you recall, we had a 760-acre fire down at uh, Pendleton, and that created a, a unique situation for responders in that this was a mutual threat zone fire that spanned uh, two OES regions, two counties, uh, was DOD responsibility, uh, state responsibility, LRA responsibility, and even had electrical infrastructure all wrapped into one uh, complex incident. They'll throw on top of that a significant amount of onlookers and interest from the media, um, despite that, our incident management team uh, with uh, IC Chief Cruz uh, did an outstanding job at the Christianitos fire, and I just wanted to uh, say thanks to them as well. Let's talk about second set of turnouts. Um, they're on track for phase two of their plan, which includes uh, battalions one, four, and six. And uh, they're finished with phase one, which was battalion three, eight, and nine. And then coming up in late 2017, early 2018, will be battalions two, five, and seven to round out uh, the plan. All right, speaking of the second set of turnouts, I uh, wanted to also take a moment and give a shout out to our uh, Contaminant Reduction Committee. Um, it's chaired by uh, Jonathan Wilby in our Risk Management Department, and in collaboration with Local 3631, uh, we are working to ensure that we have programs and equipment and policies in place that will help basically limit um, our staff's exposure to cancer-causing agents. That's really what it comes down to. So uh, the second set of turnouts is part of that. Uh, additional things that are in the works in concert with sunscreen dispensers that are already out are things such as um, a second flash hood for each uh, post position on the engine so folks can get out of those contaminant-laden uh, flash hoods uh, following a fire. Um, we have a second set of turnouts, the sunblock, and then also um, uh, extractors at the stations, and then other policies and programs that we're going to put in place that will help reduce our exposures to uh, cancer-causing agents. Now, uh, without further ado, uh, here's Captain Todd Lockwood to interview our Assistant Chief of Business Services, Chief Lori Zeller. Hi, Chief Zeller. Hi, Todd. Hey, first off, thank you for taking some time out of your day to answer some of the questions that I have along with other members in the department regarding the state of the fire authority's mm -hmm. finances. Right. Um, one of the questions that comes up a lot is, I understand and we know the Orange County Fire Authority Board has just adopted a new budget at their last meeting. Can you tell us a little bit about the new budget and maybe what is the OCFA's financial outlook? Sure, glad to do that. So uh, right now OCFA's financial outlook is looking really good. Um, the budget that the board adopted had $366 million plus in revenue and about $350 million in expenses. So our ongoing operating surplus is $16 million this year. Um, and that puts us in position to fund all of our reserve requirements. We can accelerate our pension pay down plan and we can meet our capital needs. Um, so we're pretty fortunate at this point to be in a good financial outlook, meeting all of our requirements, um, tucking funds away for a rainy day and on a really good path moving forward. Okay, that's good to hear that we're on the upswing. So going back, um, mm -hmm. can you give us a little history about our financial condition starting roughly 10 years ago then, kind of before the recession? And then can you maybe walk us through what we've done in those past 10 years uh, to weather through the recession? And how did some of those actions contribute to where we are today? And what have we done? Mm -hmm. Sure. So I guess if we talk, you know, looking back 10 years, the point in time that I think of is right after Santiago fire. Um, so late 2007, early 2008, 
um, coming out of that fire, we were looking at spending a lot of money. Uh, we were looking to up staff staffing on 12 engines, um, so a total of 36 positions. We were looking to replace two, to purchase two helicopters, over $20 million. Um, and our financial outlook, kind of like today, it was good. It looked positive. We had funds moving forward, surplus. Everything looked affordable, and they were good things to do. So we, we were in a good position. But we wanted to be measured and slow with it. We, just because things looked good, we knew they could change. Uh, we chose to take it slow rather than doing it all at once. We wanted to phase in those um, added staffing for the wildland engines. We, rather than spending 20 million right out of our reserves, we did some financing for the helicopters to spread the cost of those over seven years. And the idea was just because things looked good at the time, they could change. We didn't want to get ahead of ourselves. Um, and, and that plan worked out really well um, right after that. So that was right around March of 08 when those actions were approved. And less than six months later, we started seeing bank failures. The housing market started to collapse. And our complete financial outlook changed in a matter of months. Um, so that we hadn't dove right in and just outright purchased helicopters, uh, implemented the positions, put us in a good position. But even those things weren't enough. Um, that financial outlook changed so fast that we were at the point of having to ask our employees to open up contracts. Um, everybody in the organization from top to bottom leaned in and participated. Um, the employees started helping to pay for retirement costs. That's what enabled us to balance our budget. We were gonna be out of balance within two years time if we didn't do something. Absolutely. Um, so everybody collectively leaned in, the whole organization joined in solving the problem. And then that slow measured approach to any accelerated purchases all combined to get us through where we are today. Um, so similar to the approach we take today in the budget that the board just adopted, we had 22 positions that were funded with that budget. Um, that takes our frozen positions. Still, we have 54 frozen positions today. So from a high of 103 coming out of the recession down to 54 now, just because our finances have improved, we don't want to put them all back overnight. We want to be slow and measured again, just like we were in the past. Understandable. Um, and we're even stronger today than we were last time going into the recession. So should that happen again, we're even better prepared now mm -hmm. than we were in the past. That's interesting. I do remember back during the financial crisis, there were other departments that were closing fire stations, mm -hmm. reducing staffing. Um, refresh my memory, had we closed stations, reduced staffing We did staffing not have to do any field? of that. We, because we got an early start, so you know we're property tax funded, it takes a while for the impacts to hit OCFA and we can see it coming. Uh, so when we started to see the bank failures and the housing market collapse, we knew within two years that was gonna impact us. We had time to plan for it. So we immediately started freezing positions as they became open. We didn't fill them. Um, the work we did with our employees to help pay for retirement, we were ahead of it. Uh, we got our budget balanced before we went into deficit mode and we didn't have to lay anybody off. We didn't have to, to shut down any stations, no rolling brownouts. We were able to get through it better than our neighbors because of the collective efforts of the whole. Looking back at the OCFA before the recession, has there been some sort of common thread between mm -hmm. what we've been doing financially before the recession, right. during the recession, and then the actions that we have taken today? Yeah, I would say the, the common thread is the, the slow phased-in approach. Yep. Okay. The, the, the slow phased-in approach, we've had fiscal responsibility um, and been slow and measured about anything that we do new in our finances. So just like before the recession, just like today, 
If we're funding and adding new positions in, we're doing it in a slow process to make sure we don't get ahead of ourselves. We're, we're trying to always have discipline and fiscal responsibility. Just because our finances look good and it looks like we could all of a sudden start doing even more with added positions, we're gonna take time in doing that so we don't get ahead of ourselves. The accelerated pension pay down plan creates an extra cushion if, if things change, if we get into a recession, we can back away and stop doing that. Um, we have exposures that are out there that we always try and keep on our radar. So, you know, potential threats with the city of Irvine that would really like to have some of their revenue back to their city to use for other purposes aside from fire. Um, we we want to be in a position that any unknown comes at us, whether expected or not, we're prepared. Ideally, we prevent ever having to go back like we did before and ask our employees to open up contracts. Um, we want to be postured so that we're ready to respond no matter what comes at us. Fiscal discipline and responsibility, that's the common thread. Okay. Another question mm -hmm. that comes up a lot that you mm -hmm. kind of mentioned was Irvine. Uh, since you did mention some of the financial exposure in Irvine, can you explain to myself and others um, what is the situation currently with Irvine? Mm -hmm. I think most of us in the fire station and the field and at headquarters, we know Irvine has publicly talked about exploring, you know, options to possibly leave, leave the OCFA, but we really don't understand, you know, how or why would they want to do this? So with the city of Irvine, they've always talked about financial only. Um, they're very happy with OCFA services. It's never been about service. It's, it's about funding and, and the amount of revenue that flows to OCFA for fire services from the properties within the city of Irvine. Um, OCFA is primarily property tax funded. About 60 plus percent of our revenue comes from property taxes. Um, any of us who own a home know we pay a fixed amount, 1% of our home value in property taxes, and that gets divvied up among all the taxing agencies. Uh, OCFA, on average, for all of the cities that we represent, we get about 11.5-12% of those property tax dollars. Um, Irvine has great property value. They're continuing to develop a lot. They're one of the 16 cities we represent that are funded with property taxes, but a third of all of our property tax revenue comes from the jurisdictions within the city of Irvine. So they look at that and say, you know, it's just, it's too much. It's too much of an inequity. Um, they would really like to have some of that property tax dollar come back to their city general fund and use it for other purposes in the city. They don't want to change fire service. They would like, ideally, they would like to continue having OCFA as their fire service provider, but they would like some of that property tax revenue back to their city for use on other needs. Uh, our joint powers agreement has all of the property tax funding for fire services in the county flowing to OCFA. It's called structural fire fund dollars and under the joint powers agreement the county is obligated to send all of those property tax dollars to OCFA. That same joint powers agreement gives our member cities the ability to withdraw every 10 years. So the JPA right now runs through 2030 but at the 10 year interval 2020 cities have the option to withdraw from the JPA. What that means is they step down from our board and presumably they desire to provide their own fire protection in their own city. It does not mean they automatically get the property tax dollars. That has to be negotiated separately with okay. the county. So two different actions. The, the ability to withdraw from OCFA just means they're no longer on the governing board participating in policy for OCFA and presumably they want to do their own fire service. How they fund it is now between them and trying to negotiate the property tax dollars. And OCFA would be right there trying to advocate for as much money to stay back and fund regional services as possible if we ever even got there. Um, the 2020 withdrawal option has a two-year notice requirement. So if a city like Irvine did want to withdraw, 
that have to give us notice by June 30 of 18, and that becomes effective July 1 of 2020. So we have two years notice um, if that were gonna happen. And just like before, we would go into very protective mode. We would start building up our reserves, probably halt on accelerated payment plans for pension liabilities. Um, good chance we would try and hold as many vacant positions as we could just in case they did end up going. Um, but really we'd be doing everything we could to, to persuade an outcome that would have them ultimately decide to stay. Interesting. Um, they, they can always withdraw their notice to leave should they choose. That, that two-year window is their time to try and sort that out. Okay. So, lots still to happen. We're in the last year. They'll have to give us notice about this time next year if they do want to go. Um, and they are the only city that we've had uh, doing talks about potentially desiring to leave. And again, only because they want the revenue. They don't really want to leave. They, they, they would like to get some of the revenue back. Absolutely. So some of the things we've tried to do to assist Irvine with their desire to have money come back. Actually, we've done several things over the years. Uh, our JPA right now, the Joint Powers Agreement, gives the board discretion every year if we have funding left over at the end of a budget year, meaning revenue came in more than what we thought or expenditures came in less. That creates funding that we didn't expect to have at the beginning of the year. Um, for example, if that's $5 million at the end of the year, the OCFA board under the JPA can allocate that money to what's called an entitlement fund. It stays here with OCFA, but the cities like Irvine that have significant property tax funding flowing to OCFA can use it for additional services in their city that relate to fire services. Um, some of the projects they've done have been uh, traffic signal preemption devices okay. where it's more city infrastructure, but it relates to fire service. Okay. So Public it's, safety. it's not something OCFA would do, but they can do it okay. with, with this funding. Um, that still exists today. Um, because it still stays with OCFA um, and it's still fire service related, it's not necessarily what Irvine wants. They, they'd like money just in their general fund. We did try and do that. We came up with a second amendment to the JPA that would have actually returned money back to Irvine and a couple of other cities that were um, more highly funded from property taxes. That was a JPA amendment, required all the cities, two thirds at least of the cities to approve it. And we did reach that threshold, um, it became effective. We then asked the court to take a look at it to validate it because um, you can't use property taxes, you can't return them to a city's general fund. So the way we were doing this under the agreement was using other sources of revenue in our budget. So funding from cash contract cities would get returned instead of the property tax dollars. Um, in the event a Howard Jarvis taxpayer or any other taxpayer advocate might challenge that, we wanted the court to take a look at it and make sure it would be validated. In that process, we were challenged by the county um, that didn't think it was a good idea to return the funds that way, and we lost that in court. So the agreement was nullified. So despite our best efforts, we've tried to find ways to return moderate amounts of funds that wouldn't disrupt the financial stability of OCFA. It, it just hasn't been successful at this point yet. Um, so we continue to look for ideas. Uh, with, with this last court round and the voiding of the Second Amendment, our board right now has directed staff just to stand down. If Irvine has a proposal they want to bring forward, the board will consider that. But they don't want staff to be advocating and trying to negotiate something that would return funds back to Irvine. So that's where we're at. Well, Chief Seller, i got to say thank you so much for sitting down and answering my questions. I am absolutely amazed at your knowledge of the OCFA's finances and the cities. I had thank no you. idea that it was this in-depth. Um, I learned a lot, and I know mm -hmm. everybody else who's listened has learned this. Who should we direct these types of questions to if we have a question regarding the finances mm -hmm. or the state of the fire authority? Is there a way to 
get these questions You're to you? You're always welcome to direct them to me. I'm happy to talk with anyone. I love coming out for station visits. Um, anytime, if there's a group that would like to learn more about it, invite me. I'll come have a sit-down station visit. Um, all of the managers in business services are very well informed on these topics as well. You're free to contact Jim Ruane, our finance manager, Tricia Jakubiak, our treasurer, Debbie Casper in purchasing, Sherry Wentz, our clerk of the authority, um, our budget manager, Debbie Gunderson. Th these are all people with a wealth of information that they're more than glad to sit down and share with you. So don't hesitate to reach out to us. We'd like to come visit. Well, thank you so much. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Thanks. Thank you. All right. Um, what a, a great overview of the budget and Irvine Equity. Uh, thank you, Chief Zeller. Like I said, our next podcast will be a two-part. Uh, you just heard the first part uh, covering a budget and Irvine Equity. The second part uh, will be released uh, next week, and that'll cover unfunded pension liability, or UAAL, um, items that you'll see in our board agenda packets. Our next regularly scheduled podcast will come out on the 19th, and it's a panel discussion led by Division Chief Ken Cruz on preparing for the wildland fire season, both in-county and out-of-county assignments. So until then, uh, watch out for each other, and we'll talk to you soon.